And so today, I'm excited that I get to preach about being ready for the trumpet, that it's something that is stirring in my heart, and I hope that this month it's been stirring in your heart. And so this is... um, Week three, Pastor Rick preached the first week, and then I got to preach last week and this week, and he will preach next Sunday, and I know that this month God has ordained for each of us. Our verse for this month is Luke 12:40. It says, you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Amen? Am I on the wrong... <laughs> I see them looking back there. Hang on a second. Amen. So that is our verse. Luke, all right, I want you to make sure you remember. Be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect it. In that song we just sang here, it said one breath, one breath changed the world forever. One breath that Jesus took inside that tomb and we're about to celebrate Easter. One breath. So this morning, as we look back over what kind of things we have laid up for this week, this platform for this week, I want you to say to the Lord, what one breath do you want me to take? What one breath that I have is so important that it could change literally the trajectory of my life. Bose is right here. He helps us every week. Bose, turn around so people can kind of see you. He graduated with his bachelor's master's combo this week in spite of COVID and restrictions and all of that. And so I just want you to know, like, if you've graduated from universities in 2020 or 2021, as soon as we're done with lockdown, we are going to have a really awesome celebration for all of you who have accomplished and completed these things you've been working on and are in the motion and they're going to be completed, Nana, in Jesus' name. Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. All right, let's look at some of the things that are very important when we're going to be ready for the trumpet. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. Somebody say amen. Amen. If I didn't have the Bible, I wouldn't know what to do. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. The Bible is true. Jesus is coming again. Amen. He he came. He went to the cross. We sang about it. He took that one breath and resurrected out of that tomb. But guess what? He's also coming again. That is exciting. That is something to be excited about every day. I get to live as if Jesus was coming and about to call my name. Amen. That's so important. Pastor Rick mentioned to us and reminded us that we need to get our house in order. And when we sing sometimes and we talk about this place, feel this place, or I think about this place, the place where my heart is. Get your heart in order. Get your house in order. Get those things in your life in order so that you are ready. And when you have order, you know that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. And so when you have a plan It helps you with every day. It really does. It's a practical step that will help you. Serve the Lord while you wait. You that are here this morning and those that will be coming for second service, we must serve the Lord and thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for serving the Lord. We are on uh, kind of, I guess, into the second week of another red lockdown here in Rome, but we're allowed to have church. Can somebody say, woo-hoo? Yeah. (laughs) 
And I love when I walked up and I heard the, the music going out the doors and I was telling someone our neighborhood, you know, last year when we were closed for so many months, our neighbors missed us. So this morning, even you coming into church is a witness that you can serve the Lord while you're waiting, even on lockdown. Amen? He has a word for us. God has a plan. So important. We think, oh, no, the world has a plan, or the world doesn't have a good plan, or my work doesn't have a plan, or it has too many plans. But God has a plan. So if God has a plan, I should have victory. Amen? If God has a plan, I should have victory, and he does. I mentioned to you last week that the enemy has a plan. He has a plan to steal, kill, destroy, discourage, distract. Amen? So we shouldn't be surprised when those obstacles, unexpected moments, come at us to make us feel discouraged and to say, what's the use I give up? That's the enemy's plan. And so if we know, we shine the spotlight on it and we say, no, no, not today, devil. There's a song, I think. Not today, devil. Not today, enemy. You're not going to get me down today. Because even though the enemy has a plan, God has a greater plan. Amen? God is greater. He is more powerful. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And so I want you to know today that God has a plan that is greater than any attempts. Say greater. I want you to have that in your spirit. So when you're confronted with an obstacle and you feel discouraged, you're going to say, no, no, God has a greater purpose, a greater plan for me in this moment and in this season. People who are ready live for Jesus daily with something else I told you last week, a blessed hope. The Bible talks about having a blessed hope, which is the return of Christ. I don't want to miss it, do you? No, you better say it louder. I don't want to miss it. Do you? No, no we don't want to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. And so I need to have that blessed hope that Jesus is coming again. We have a good friend who is a pastor of Times Square Church in New York, and he said this about the end times and the second coming and revelation. He said, if you want to understand the second coming and interpret things correctly, then why don't you be a student of the first coming? So many people try to figure God out. But if you want to be a student of what God is doing, study why he came in the first place. Why did he go to the cross? Why did he bear all that sacrifice that we will uh, remember on Palm Sunday next week before Easter Sunday? See, God has a plan. Get to know Jesus. Serve him with all your might, no matter whether you understand every detail or not. See, God doesn't want us to understand every single thing. Faith means trusting God when I don't see. And our intellect, our knowledge, all the information, this is the information age, comes into us as children of God, and then we think we have to have all wisdom and all knowledge. We have to be informed, but God has all wisdom and all knowledge. There is a measure of trusting God that surpasses all knowledge. I trust him because he is. Amen? You guys got to be loud because they're, they got the microphone on for this service. I trust him because he is. Amen? Matthew 24, 3 says this. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. 
Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it, this is important, see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith. And will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I don't want it to be said of me that my love for God will grow cold. What does the scripture tell me? Stand firm. Stand firm. Because of the increase, but the one who stands firm to the end will be what? Will be saved. I will get to celebrate and it won't ever stop. Amen? I hope it makes you a little bit sad to worry about the wars and the things that are happening in a nation rising against nation. But only to the point that you petition God on behalf of those that you love, that you care about, that you work through. I want to I say it again. I hope that it moves you to know that the end is coming. I hope that it moves you and makes you alert and aware in your spirit that not only am I ready, not only are you ready, but are the people I love and I care about, are they ready? One breath Jesus gave for us that changed eternity, but you have minutes You have hours. One minute could change a life. One minute. One diagnosis. One one check. One job. One minute. Somebody giving a declaration over your life. Some of you have even walked with heavy. I had my baggage last week, remember? I had my suitcases because I'm going on a trip, which I don't need. Thank the Lord when I get to heaven. But because of one word spoken over your life, you've carried some of that heavy baggage. And the Lord is saying to us, I'm coming quickly. I'm going to set you free. You're not going to have any worries. You're not going to have anxiety. You're not going to feel alone. You're not going to feel abandoned. Somebody say amen. And so I'm not going to read all of Revelation to you this week. But I hope that you will go and I want you to read Revelation 2 and 3. Say it. 2 and 3. I want you to read Revelation 2 and 3. You can read the whole book. But I especially want you to read 2 and 3. And here's what I want you to know that you're going to find out in 2 and 3. He is the one who tells us not to be afraid of suffering. That's Jesus. That's the Jesus that is spoken of in the book of Revelation, in the Bible. The end chapter, that he will be the one who tells us, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. He is the one who promises to give those who are faithful to death a crown of life. 
And we sang this morning that the elders around the throne are going to lay their crowns. We're going to get to lay our crowns at his feet and say, worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, God, I can't even stand up in your presence. That should move you today. It should move our hearts today. He is the one who knows our love, our faith, our service, our perseverance. I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be here in Rome. But I want you to know I do what I do because I love him. I do what I serve, what I persevere in, because one day I want to be among them that lays a crown at his feet and says, God, it's not anything about me. It's because you're worthy. It's because you're holy. He is the one who knows when a believer has only a little strength. You'll find that in Revelations 2 and 3. He knows when we have a little bit of strength. And he says, I've come to give you strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He is the one who rebukes and disciplines those he loves. You see, we can't talk about being ready for the trumpet and everything's wonderful if we also don't understand there is a judgment to come. There is a penalty for sin. No sin will enter heaven. And so God is the one because he loves us, he rebukes us. Because he loves us, he disciplines us. Because he loves you, he keeps you on the straight and narrow. God's rules and God's guidance is not to be mean to us. It's to protect us. Amen? And to preserve us. I want to say that again. His guidance, his word is not to be mean. It's to preserve and protect his children from the devourer. He is the one who knocks on the door of everyone's heart desiring to come in. He's knocking on our heart, not just to come in and be saved. I hope today you will make him Lord if you have not. But I believe, maybe you've experienced this, sometimes God comes knocking saying, do you have time for me today? Do you have time for me? I, I want to I dwell with you in this moment. And so how many times do we say, not right now, God, later, I'll, I'll schedule it later, I'll do it when I'm about to fall asleep in bed and I'm asleep before my eyes hit the pillow, huh? Or maybe I can't sleep, but God is knocking on our door. He's knocking on your door saying, I just want time with you. Because when he has time with us, it's like a good friend. The more you're together, the more you love one another, the more you understand one another. He wants to come and dwell with us. He's the one who overcame, and he is the one who sits on the throne. He is the conqueror, the victor, the king of kings. That is somebody who's coming back for you and me and for those of us that will be ready. I also want you to know something about Revelation 19 to 22. Say 19. 19 to 22 being the last chapter. You just want to read the last chapter. It says you win. <laughs> it says God wins. But I want you to read it because I want you to see what does it describe Jesus as. He's the one who makes us ready. He's the bridegroom who comes for his bride. And he's made a way that even if we don't feel pure, even if we don't feel spotless, he took our sins on the cross for each of us so that we could be a spotless bride, so that we could be presented to the bridegroom. He is the one that is called faithful and true. The Bible is true. He is the one who is called faithful and true. He is the one who will reign for a thousand years. He is the one who blesses those who keeps his word. He is the one who rewards us. He is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, and he's with us in the middle. 
He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, but he's with you in the middle. He is the one who is coming soon. He said, stand firm. So I want us to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. Because I want you to say to yourself, am I doing what I need to do to stand firm? Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be on and off with God. Don't let your victory and your joy be dependent upon what happens on a given day. You know I love to be honest and transparent. And there are days that me maybe have a bad day. Maybe, you, you know, I have days where I need to stay in my jammies for 24 hours. Nobody gets to see that. I don't post that on Facebook. But overall... Every day is God's day. Every day is God's day. Not one day goes by that I'm not talking to the Lord, that I'm not sitting in a chair saying, okay, God, I'm knocking also. I'm knocking on heaven's door. I need your anointing this week. I need your wisdom this week. I need your encouragement this week. I need your healing this week. Whatever you have need of, you will get it if you stand in the presence of the Lord. So here's what 2 Thessalonians tells us. We ought always, say always. We ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters loved by the Lord. Because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And through belief in the truth. There's that word again. The Bible is true. You can trust it. Amen? He called you to this through the gospel that you might share in the glory of Christ Jesus. So then, brothers and sisters, what is that word? Stand firm. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm. No matter what happened this week, no matter what you're experiencing right now today, no matter what's going on that you know is going to come this week, stand firm. That is the word of the Lord for us today. COVID is not going to stop us from standing firm in the arms of the Lord. COVID and the chaos around the world should not stop you from trusting in the Lord, should not take away your victory. I'm telling you what, I want to get out. I want to move. I don't like being in confined in a certain area. But I have had time, glorious time, in the presence of the Lord, in the reading of his word, in, in focusing on some areas that needed to be focused on and organized. And, and I'm sure you have had that as well in your workplace. Some are even working more as a result of what we're going through right now. But here's what the Lord says. Stand firm. Stand firm, hold fast to the teachings that we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your heart and strengthen you in every good deed and word. He will strengthen you in what you're doing. He will strengthen you in what you say. In your deed and your word. You know, out of our mouth comes a lot of things. So here is what I want you to remember this morning. Just a few little notes for you. How do you do this? Well, we follow the scripture. Amen? So the first thing is we have to stand firm. We don't waver in our faith. 
How do you do that, Pastor Jen? You take mind over matter. You take your spirit over your mind. You begin to speak the name of Jesus when that weariness comes on you, when that confusion comes on you, when you start to doubt. You start to say a few things to yourself. The Bible is true. Jesus is true. I know Jesus has been with me. I've experienced this in my life. I will stand firm. Get behind me, Satan. Even Jesus was tempted by the enemy. So who's to say we're not going to be tempted to be discouraged or distraught? But when we stand firm and we don't waver, the enemy gets weary and he leaves. And it's a really good feeling when you know, like, he's out of here. The second thing is we have to hold fast to his scripture. These teachings from the word of God, if you don't have a Bible, you can get, if you have a phone, does anybody not have a phone? If you have a phone, you can have the Bible because you can get an app that gives you the Bible in every language. It can even talk to you in a number of languages. You can change the voice of the person who talks to you. It's powerful. And when you listen to it, when you read it, and you recognize it's not just a book. It is my Father, Abba, Father in heaven, saying to me today, for I so loved you that I gave my only son. That if you will believe on him, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. He personalizes it for us. So if that's true, then we have to do this. We have to accept his grace. Sometimes we get too hard on ourselves. That's also the enemy trying to make you give up, feel discouraged. I'm not good enough. I make too many mistakes. If we can give grace to others, and that's what we believe God wants us to do, amen, then we should also give grace to ourselves accept his grace and that eternal encouragement that is written of in in uh the scripture before second thessalonians encourage your heart how do you do that why do you do that well i want you to look at first samuel 36 david was greatly distressed for the people were speaking of stoning him And because the soul of all the people, he was grieved. Every man for his son and every, and for his daughters. But David, do you see that? But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Why is this so important? So many of us have been able to do that during this year and a little bit of COVID chaos in our world and pandemic and pandemonium. But don't forget to do it. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I love coming together. The Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. In fact, I've heard many say, you know, sometimes we miss coming together and then we miss going together, right? We we forget to come. It's important to be in God's house. It's important to worship. It's important for me when I see the worship team declaring the word of the Lord. It fills me back up. I want you to know maybe you came today so somebody out there on the street would just see, hey, those people are going to church. Those people are trusting in God. I need to trust in God like that. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And finally, strengthen your life in word and deed. This is that part of serving the Lord for the cause of Christ's love for all. Strengthen your life in word and deed. It's practical to serve God, but it also helps you. 
Because when you're serving, you got to be here, right, Bose? <laughs> when you're serving, you got to be in the presence of worship. When you're serving, you get to see the children begin to do testimony. And you get to be a part of the answer of the prayers that you've been praying for people. So strengthen yourself, not just in word, but also in deed. There's a reason to serve the Lord. He promises in Revelation 3.10 to keep us from the hour of trial. He reminds us that he doesn't want anyone to perish. If you have joined me on Thursday, you will know that I've been quoting Ezekiel 33.11. It's a verse that I discovered as we were studying the book of Isaiah. It says, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. So in case somebody tells you, oh, God's, God, he's glad when everybody's, you know, in trouble, and God's a mean old God up there just wanting to make us all feel bad. Here, the word of the Lord in Ezekiel thirty-three eleven, the Lord says, as surely as I live, I take no delight in the death of the wicked, but they would turn from their ways and live. That's the God that we serve. That's the Jesus that we look for. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 is really about the trumpet, and it says, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. But here's why we say, be ready for the trumpet. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. If I'm reading scripture, then I'm saying to you, be ready for the trumpet. Be ready for the trumpet. As I was praying this week, the Lord gave me this final thought to give to you, and I want the worship team to come as well, and we're going to sing a song called The King of Glory. And as you prepare to worship, I want you to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to us this morning as we make ready. This life is not easy no matter where you are. But you've got to do more than wish on a star. It's time to be strong and let your faith be bold. Jesus is the way, whether we're young or we're old. Get his song in your heart and let his holy way start because together forever is the eternity part. I'm not listening to the noise. I'm putting my ear to his voice. I'm not going to act sad, mad, or bad. I'm going to praise and be glad. I'm not breaking apart. I'm developing his heart. You see, heaven is what's promised for me. He made my travel plans when he hung on that tree. He had great things for me when I started in the womb. And he sealed my destiny when he unsealed the tomb. I'm not giving up. I'm going up. And I'm ready for the trumpet. How about you? How about you? Amen? Amen. Let's give God a praise. I want you to stand with me all over this room. And as we pray... Pastor Rick is going to pray with those who are online as well. But I want you to know something today. I want you to know that God loves you.
that God has a greater plan, that no matter what you're walking through, no matter what unknown you're facing, sometimes it's the unknown that is more difficult than the known. But God holds the unknowns in the palm of his hands. My destiny was sealed when he unsealed the tomb. Thank you so much for listening today. As you have heard this message, I believe God has spoken to your life. Today, the best decision you can make is to follow Christ, to say yes to him. And if you want to say that prayer with me, I'd love to pray with you right now. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say it, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I won't do anymore because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just said that prayer, that's the best prayer you've ever prayed. And I can tell you that God's got great plans for your life. In a moment, there'll be some information that you'll see online that you can follow up because the relationship doesn't stop now. We've started a relationship where we're going to help you on this journey with Christ. Maybe you've listened to this prayer today and now you're saying, man, I got another need. Or maybe you've already given your life to Christ and you say, I need a miracle. Well, this pastor, this church believes in miracle. And so I want to pray a prayer for you right now that God will do a miracle for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends that have listened today. God, there's nothing too big for you. You said we can ask anything according to your will and you hear us. And Lord, when you hear us, you respond to us. And Lord, right now there are people that are praying prayers all over the world and they're asking you for a miracle. So God, no matter what it is, I pray right now, you will touch them, you will answer their prayer, and a miracle will happen for them as we pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, I can tell you, I can't wait to hear the results of that prayer. So if you just send us a note, the information will be there right after you see this video, and you can say, I wanna send that guy a note to tell him what God has done for my life. We love you. And remember, God's got a plan for your life.